so, so good as we are. We are in the last Sunday of August. Can anyone else believe that? It's the last Sunday of August. It's crazy. You know, I don't know uh, how your week went this week. There's been um, ups and there's certainly been downs for our country, for people in our world, maybe for your coworkers or friends. But the one thing I know is that regardless of what's going on in the world, my God is still in control of the world. And when we gather together, there's something that's special that happens here. There's something that's powerful that happens in this place because we're not coming together simply for a church service. We're, we're coming together to worship a king. You've heard me say probably a thousand times that Christianity isn't a, a philosophy or a belief system. It's not just kind of a better moral ethos. It's, it's following a person. His name is Jesus. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And... And no situation or scenario that rises up against it is more powerful than his name. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship today. The song that we're going to start with is called King of Glory. Because he is the King of Glory. Even when we can't see the glory, he is the King of Glory. And even when we don't feel like it's glory, it's, he's still the King of Glory. And he's worthy to be praised this morning. So no matter what you've gone through or what you're going through this morning, can I encourage you just to lift up your voices and lift up your hands and lift up your hearts and just tell them, God, you're so worthy. Father, you're so worthy today. Daddy, we love you. We praise you. In this place, Lord God, we give you the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise. There's no one like you in this place. Father, we thank you that you said where two or more are gathered, you are here in our midst. You said, Lord God, when we begin to worship, that you inhabit the praise of your people, that God, we invite you here today. You are worthy to be glorified, worthy to be praised. Holy is your name. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, Daddy, the whole earth is filled with your glory because you're the king of glory. So come, I pray. Come, I pray. Come and be magnified and be glorified. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this place today. Come on, church. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's lift up our praise to the King of glory today. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the King. Come on, Jesus. Come and be glorified. Just 
Because Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He died. He came. He died. He rose again. Even death couldn't hold him down. There wasn't a sickness. There wasn't a pandemic. Come on, somebody. That could quarantine my king from coming back again. And there's not anything in all the world that can keep him from coming a second time. What an amazing God we serve. I love that verse that we just sang. I'm going to sing hallelujah until he comes again. You know, that word hallelujah is a combination word. It's hallel. means praise. Yah is the word for God. Lu is the. Praise the Lord. Say, man, I'm going to praise him. It didn't say I'm going to praise him because the circumstance demanded it. Didn't say I'm going to praise him when I get the answer. Doesn't say I'm going to praise him after I've been healed. It says I'm going to praise him until he comes again. Because he's the king of glory. He's worthy of it. What an amazing God we serve today. And if you've been at, at Connect for a while, you know Pastor D and I have been talking about Jesus is coming again. And we're not talking about it from a, from a, a, a place that's like where people should be afraid. We should, we're preaching it from a place of faith. Say, what an amazing God who will not leave his children alone. Who's coming again. You know, we're going we're gonna to do something a little different today. Last week we prayed for nations because our nations need Jesus. Our, our nation needs Jesus. The nations around the world, they need Jesus. They need a breakthrough. But today we're going to do something just a little different. We're going to pray scripture today. And, 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 and this is just something maybe that you've maybe never done before because I know if you've been in church, we, you, you've probably read scripture. You, you may have even memorized scripture. But the Bible it tells us that we can pray we can pray scripture. It's the word of God. It's who he is. These are promises. And so we just want to take a moment. I'm, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray out of Psalm 18 verses 1 and 2. And I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I'll pray and then you respond and I'll pray and you respond. And and this may be different for you and that's okay because what we're trying to do, what we've been saying we're trying to do isn't just have good church services. We're trying to raise up men and women of faith in this place. And I don't know about you, but there's just some days that all I can do is open my Bible. There's there are some days my, my mouth won't work and there's just some days my, my, my hope is in the dirt and I just got to open the word and say, God, you said you loved me. You said I shouldn't fear because you love me, even though inside of me I don't know what's going on, but God, your word says, come on. He didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us powerless. He gave us his word. So look, if you're comfortable, will you just bow your head with me? Will you pray with me today? We're going to pray this scripture. Let's just pray. Pray with me. Just say, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Lord, you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my deliverance. You are my God. You are my rock in whom I take refuge today. You are my shield and the horn of my salvation. You are my stronghold. I call upon you, O Lord, because you are worthy to be praised. And when I do, I am saved 
from all my enemies. Come on, one more time. I am saved from all my enemies. I am saved from all my enemies. Jesus, we give you glory. We give you praise today. We believe that we just prayed as truth. Daddy, you are my rock and my refuge, my strong tower. You are the name above all names. Whether that, whether that enemy be sickness today, whether it be cancer, whether it be depression, whether it be addiction today, whether it be doubt, whether it be fear in the name of Jesus, back pain, leg pain, Father, a negative report from a doctor, a negative report from a boss, a negative report from a spouse. Come on, Daddy, you are the answer. And I, we are saved from all of our enemies, seen and unseen. For Jesus, you have the name above all names. And at the name of Jesus, everything has to bow. And if you believe that with me today, I mean believe that with me today, will you add your amen? Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God just a shout of glory today. I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing that he's the king of all. Are you encouraged this morning? Yes. Encouraged this morning. Look, maybe you've never prayed scripture before. Maybe that was your first time. What a great way to start off your week. Maybe this week, just open up the Bible again and just say, all right, God, I'm just going to pray through some of this. Because this is not, no matter what someone says, look, I, I just, I grew up in this mentality. This is the rule book. This is the rule book. You better follow the, anybody? You better follow the rules. This is not a rule book. This is the journal of our God. This is his heartbeat towards you. This is who he is. This is a love letter from our king. And man, when we read it, we see beyond the rules. We see beyond the promise. We see the promise maker, the promise keeper. And it does something inside of us. What a great God we serve. And if you're here for the first time today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. So glad to have you as a guest in our house today. We hope you make this your home. And want to give a shout out to everybody who's online today. We love you guys. We know that many of you are down the shore engaging and taking advantage of this last week. Or, man, you are in a hospital room. We know so many of you watching or even from other countries. Thank you for joining us. The same God that's in this room is the same God that's in your room. And I know, I know so many preachers say that, but my friends, I want to encourage you, I believe that in my heart, that my God supersedes time and space. You may not even be watching this live. You may be listening to this later on. You may be watching it later on this week. The same Jesus that's doing miracles in this room is the same Jesus that will be doing miracles in your car, in your living room, in that hospital room. It's never been, it's never been, it's never been Pastor Kyle's word. It's never been Pastor Danielle's anointing. It has always been the anointing of our king. Well, I'm really glad you're here. I really am. Before you're taking your seat in these nice comfy seats, why don't you just take a moment and say hi to someone around you. You can stay socially distanced. Give them a, a ghost. Uh, not a ghost. Don't give them a ghost. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Air fist pump. I couldn't remember what the word air was. <laughs> Woo! And I sing hallelujah till 
you come again. Hello, darling. For some of you who may not know, this is my beautiful wife, Danielle. She is by far my better half. Hallelujah. Woo! I don't know, um, before we hop in the word, I just, Dee and I have something in our spirit to be able to deposit today, and I hope today that you've come with open hearts. I hope you brought your Bible. I, I hope you have a notebook. I, I just, and I don't really want to encourage you to take notes simply because uh, I want to see people writing stuff down. That I know this. I know this. Man, I, can, I, I, I get it. I listen. I get it when I'm, when I'm in the house. But come, come Wednesday, I have to be reminded. Come Thursday, sometimes I got to go back to that note and go, oh, man, yeah, that's right. I can't let the enemy win. And so... It's never been about what Pastor D and I say. It's always been about what the Word of God says. That's where the power is. And we want to, if you brought your Bible, because you have your Bible, I have my new Bible today. I got my new Bible. This, this supposedly is a large, uh, uh, a large print Bible. It should be illegal to lie and sell a Bible. I don't know what they're talking about. But since you have your Bible, open with me to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Exodus is the second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, uh, written by Moses. And it's the story of people being delivered out of oppression, a, a, a people who were oppressed, a, a people of God who were under the oppression and tyranny of an enemy, the, the children of the, the loving God who have been in this situation for hundreds of years and Yet God is getting ready to deliver them. I, I, I want to I really encourage someone. You may have been going through some sort of oppression for a long time. My God has not forsaken you. And my God has not uh, gone blind to you. So, sometime in the perfect time, God, God does what God does. And today I believe for some people it's today. I'm believing that God has an uh, a, a Egypt exodus moment for some people. If you need a title for today, it's Let Me Go. Let Me Go. <laughs> we, were, we were putting this together, and uh, just that title reminded me of something that happened. This is silly and stupid, but I just wanted to share it. I was, if some of you from, are, 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 are from around here, you may know. Do you remember back in the day, Brigantine used to have a haunted house? It was at Brigantine Castle. Well, I went there when I was a little kid. Some of you are like, why are you talking about haunted things in church, Pastor? That's just right. Look, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I went to this, this thing, and, and, and I was going through it. I was just young. I went through it with some friends. And I remember, I think it was a werewolf, like, grabbed me. And I swung up on him because that's what you do. And I was like, let me go. And I swung up on him. And he, like, jumped back, and I bolted out of that place. I know, brave, right? I was a little kid. That story has nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. Did it? No, it really doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. You know what I'm we're talking about. Um, but today, the truth is, we wanted to keep talking about how disciples just don't settle for forgiveness. They long to walk in the release that that forgiveness brings. They want to be released into something and bring a release for others as well. And so that's what we're going to see in this text today because God's grace has released us from things. 
But it didn't just release us from something, it released us into something. And there's, there, there was a reason we were let go from the powers of hell. There was a reason we were let go from, from sin. And there's a reason we were let go from the judgment and the wrath of God. There's a, religion, a, 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 a reason that Jesus died for us. There's a reason. It's more than just to get us into heaven. It's actually to get heaven into our world. We're going to read from Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. And then Dee's going to unpack it for a little bit. But it says, Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt, for all the men who are seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on the donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hands as he went. Let me go. Mike is this morning. I told you I can't see it, so I can't see Yep, so. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Um, if, if you happen to be in service last week, uh, Kyle started praying, and he was, like, led to declare, let my people go. Yep. And um, that was just, like, an authentic type of moment. Um, and when we started reading this scripture this week, uh, just because I think we were reading it back to back, I couldn't help but notice that this let me go came before the other let my people go. Yep. And here we have, it's a different scenario, but Moses went to Jethro and he said, please let me go. And, is that me? and that got me thinking that Sometimes we try to not just lead ourselves, but sometimes we try to lead our families or lead others through scenarios and situations. And we forget the first step, which is getting release for ourselves yep. before we try to bring release into situations or to, into scenarios or into relationships. And I think that's the first thing that God drew my attention to, because when you read it, you could just see it as like a biblical necessity. Right. You know, he was he was with Jethro, so he had to say, like, I'm done here. I need to move on. Please let me move on. And uh, when we see the word please sometimes in the scripture, we can hone in on that instead of what he was really saying, which was he was acknowledging a release Good. that was needed and necessary. Yes. That, he, that, re, that was required for the next season of his life. And part of the cornerstone of my life message is talking about wholeness from brokenness. So this is something that, it just kind of comes out of me, it's part of what I often share because it's often what I see when I'm reading the word. I see that nothing is wasted when it's in there, it has a purpose. And there might be things right now today, church, that you have been legit dealing with this week, this month, this year, that you have probably prayed about, um, but maybe done less declaring 
about. And not just yep. like in faith, this yes. is done. Yep. But yep. acknowledging that at some point, even if the original situation that you're in was not because of your doing, at a certain point, it develops within us a particular rhythm of lifestyle that we live according to. And I, I almost don't want to put a face on it because everybody in this room is thinking of a different situation. Some of you are thinking about um, relationships with friends, with family, with coworkers. Some of you are thinking about situations that are job-centric. Some of you are thinking about situations that are financially-centric. Uh, and there's a million other things. But sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we don't want to be in it any longer. And then we look at something like Matthew 4, where Jesus examples for us what to do when you're tempted, when you're in a situation with the enemy. And he very clearly in Matthew 4 says, he says, no, my word says, now go. Yep. And I've preached on that before because sometimes that's the arresting thing that I have to do when I'm suddenly realizing I'm just permitting this thing to <laughs> take up residency in yep. me. What is going on? And I realize I have to say no, just like Jesus did. The, the word says, now go. But we have to remember that Jesus was saying that as a fully free, released, whole man. So he is showing us the power of God, not the power of a tactic that sometimes we try to replicate when we are in a situation that requires us to really see that we need a release from something. We need a release from someone. We need a release from certain mentality. We need a release from fears, anxieties. And I bring this up because I was, you know when you have a dream and there's that, that in-between time when you're like coming to your awake, but like right now I could not possibly tell you what the dream was, but when I woke up, like I, rem- I remembered every inch of the dream. Yes. So in that, in that time, I'm sure there's a name for it, but in that span, I can recall now that I had had a dream about two people that I have not had in my life for a good billion years. But there is pain attached to them in my life. So in my dream, this is before I'm fully conscious, I am saying, well, I mean, it wasn't really like this. Well, it really wasn't my fault. Well, it really could have gone like this. And in, in, my, in my unguarded state, I was actually making excuses for myself without even realizing yeah. it. So by the time I came fully awake, I was like, people. <laughs> because my soul had had this permission and had been unguarded. So it allowed me to tell a story that wasn't true. Yes. And right before I went to get out of bed, I said, wait a second. I think this is something that I actually need to repent from. I need to actually repent about my participation in that dynamic, in that people-centric, pain-centric dynamic. But I didn't want to, because then I started reminding myself of all the excuses I had given myself that would say that I was not to blame. And then I said, Danielle, why are you so emphatic on not putting everything into the light and repenting. Like, what, what are you going to lose by saying, I was wrong? Yes. 
God, I repent. Please, I need to be released from this. And I think that's the step that a lot of us are missing. We're maybe there's a part inside of us that is resistant to repentance, but we're praying for the release. And the release, sometimes we get lost in the minutia of was I to blame for this? But that's not my fault. But I didn't do that. Or they thought they took it that way. Or but the situation, it didn't really go down like that. What what do I lose when I repent? What do I lose when I don't repent? That's good. These are the only two choices. It's like God never gave us a third option. We'll just think about it a lot. (laughs) You know? It's like, well, you can either repent or you can not repent. And if you don't repent, then I I promise you're going to think about this a lot more, Danielle. And you're you're exhausted before you get out of bed. Because in the spirit, you have been defending something that God wanted you to repent of. So then the harder question came my way. And it was simply this. Danielle, do you believe that Moses was healed? And I knew what God was referring to because we've been talking about this so much, and Kyle's going to take this on. Um, But, you know, when God called to Moses, he gave a lot of reasons why this wasn't good for him. And one of the things that gets a lot of attention in a lot of teachings is the, the language issue that... Uh, Moses put in front of God. And I say it that way because I've, I've heard so many different teachings, and we don't know what it was. When you look that word up in the Hebrew, it's difficult. I have a difficulty with my speech. There's a heaviness to my speech. There's, it's a complex thing. Some people say he stuttered. Some people say it was other things. But what we know is this. At the end of all of Moses' excuses, he's, he, he stayed with this one. I'm not eloquent of speech is how some of our translations yep. say it. Um, I don't do well with speaking to people. And it occurred to me that God did not heal him of that. True. True. His answer was, okay, you tell everything to Aaron, and then he'll tell the people. So was Moses healed? And what that puts on the table for us, church, is are we after healing or are we after wholeness? Because we may assume that they're one and the same. But when we are praying for healing, a lot of times we're acknowledging a lack. Whatever the healing is, do you understand? There's a million different types of healings in the different million lanes of life. But we're acknowledging that there's a lack of something, a lack of health. A lack of, a lack of, a lack of, a lack of provision, a lack of peace in relationships, a lack of wisdom to do something. We're acknowledging the lack of that, and we want God to heal that. But sometimes what God does is he makes something whole. And instead of bringing the lack to to end, he adds in something else. And that's what he did with Moses. He added in Aaron. That is grown-up, grown discipleship. Because 
we want to believe that God always heals according to how we define it, by the right, way. Right, correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. just take that whole situation away, yep. Yep. and then I'll be healed. Yep. But God added to that situation and made it whole. The people were able to clearly understand God's intention toward them. Correct. And Moses was able to convey that in an arena in which he felt more comfortable to one man. Because don't we normally say, I just wish God would heal me. Always. And then I could talk to the, like, then I could do it. Correct. But God's end game was talking to his people. Yes. Yep. So he said, okay, then you tell them, you tell Aaron, and then Aaron will tell them. But at the yep. end, my end game will be accomplished, which is I will have communed with my people. Yeah. Let nothing get in the way. Let nothing get in the yeah, way. Exactly. So church, this morning as Kyle takes this next leg of everything what what you very well may need to invite release into acknowledging that i need to be released from something yep. is maybe your definition of what resolve would look like to your situation yes. because he may very well not need because healing to god may be lesser than bringing wholeness to your yeah, life yeah, yeah. that's good dude. so good yeah and that's why I say this is grown yep. Christianity. Yep. Yep. Because sometimes when I come here, if yep. I'm feeling like a lack, or if I'm feeling like a, I will look for people to feed me. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I will want that to make me healed. Yep. Well, I was feeling a lack of something, I left full. But maybe what God is saying is, is that that's, if there's a particular thorn in the side that you may have to cohabitate with on this side of the veil yes. until the other side of heaven. Yes. And the way that I'm going to show up the best is if I bring other people who are builders, who are restorers, who are repairers, and they're going to add some of me to your life yes. as you add some of me to their lives. Yes. And on this side of heaven, you're going to see the testimony of my wholeness, even if it's at the cost of you being personally healed wow. the way that you demand for that to look like right. on this side yeah. of the veil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so good, dude, because I love, you know, what you just said in light of what was going on with Jethro. He had to, he had to be released from the contract that he had made uh, with Jethro before he could walk into the covenant that God was making. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of contracts that we have made or tried to make or been living in or been living under things we've accepted, things that we have agreed upon, things that we have gotten into mutual agreement with that need to be released before we can actually walk in the covenant, the power that God is calling us to. So there, 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 there was nothing wrong with Jethro, the relationship they had with Jethro, but God was getting ready to do something new with Moses, and he needed the release from the old so that he could actually get into the new. And some of us are trying to balance those two. We're, we're, we're trying to make a happy medium. But God says, you got to be released from one. Come on. The old is gone. The new has come. It's not just getting released from one. It's actually getting into the other. And for us to understand what Moses really was getting into in chapter 4, I think we've got to go back just really quickly to chapter 3 to something that we're probably all very familiar with uh, at some level, whether you've been at church or not before. But it's this burning bush moment. Do you remember when, when Moses, the Bible says he's, in, he's on the back side of the mountain uh, watching over some sheep. And there's a bush that starts to be consumed by fire. 
but is not consumed. And, and it's, it's God. He meets God there. He starts to speak with God there in that moment. And verse 3 says, and verse three says then Moses turned aside to see this great sight. He turned aside. That means he was going one way, and he had to turn and go and look in a different direction. That, my friends, is a picture of what repentance is. To turn away and to walk in a different uh, direction. I think as believers, many times, we put so much emphasis on being forgiven. And forgiven is great. Like, come on, the grace of God is amazing. It's, it's so deep and so wide that we can't get even around it or under it. It's an incredible thing. But there's more to forgiveness. There's more to, for, uh, to, to forgiveness than just being forgiven. It's actually part of repentance. Repentance is turning around and walking in a different direction. Je uh, he had to walk in a di Moses had to walk in a different direction now. He, he, he had a family dynamic. He had to walk in it differently. He, he had a di an old agreement with an old relate. He had to walk in it differently. He, he, he had an, uh, an old responsibility. He had to do it and live it out differently than he did before. Now, and I just want to note something before we even go any further in this. There are some things that might not even be sin before the revelation comes. Right? Come on. There was nothing wrong with him shepherding sheep before the revelation came. Before God showed up and said, I've got something for you now. I, I need you to walk in a different direction than you did before. He didn't say shepherding sheep was wrong. But if he would have stayed shepherding sheep, he would have stayed in the old agreement. He would have tried to actually balance out and make, the, make peace, come on, rather than move from a statement of peace with God. He would have never actually found the release that he was looking for. That's why repentance lets me go. Repentance lets me go. It releases me from what I was so that I can walk into what God has for me. I was sharing with Fords the other day, our men's discipleship group, that there's three processes to spiritual maturity, to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The first is obviously forgiveness, repentance, turning around, walking in a different way. But the second is reconciliation. And I think this is where believers get stuck. Because we, we focus so much on forgiveness, and forgiveness is the first step, but it is a step. It is not the final step. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says what? It says that we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. That means, that means this. He had to go back to Jethro and say, if I stay doing what I'm doing right now, this thing will cause a division. This thing will cause a disunity between what God said for me. And what we're living in. That is what reconciliation. That's where reconciliation can't live. Because reconciliation isn't making the one into two. It's making the two into one. So he had to go back and say. There are some things in my life right now. That if I stay in these things. Are going to actually keep a division. Between what God has for me. He's going to keep a division from me actually walking this thing out. It's great forgiveness gets me into heaven. But man God's called me. As a disciple to not just be, live in forgiveness, but to actually walk out reconciliation, which means I got to do some soul searching and make sure there's not some wrong agreements I'm still living in. Some wrong contracts that I've made in my life to let me go. He had to take the word back to Jethro and stay with me for this. He had to take the word back to Jethro and actually the thing he had to learn to lead the thing that used to lead him. 
There are some things you and I need to learn to lead by the voice of God, the power of God. Jethro used to lead him. Now, he had to lead Jethro. By the way, the Bible says Jethro followed him. Jethro went with him. That means that, 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 that the release that came into, that came into Moses' life brought a release into Jethro's life. There might just be some releases God's trying to bring into our life that are, we're going to be the cause of bringing release into other people around us. There are some other people who have been in this agreement, stayed in the agreement, living in the contract that God wants to bring release into their life, but we have to readjust. Come on, somebody. we got to readjust this thing and come back and say, God, what does your word say? This is what your word says. I'm going to walk it out. And that's that third part. We go from repentance, turning and walking in a different way, reconciliation, making sure the two of us are one, and then we have to have restoration, which is walking in the ways of God, to walk this thing out. Moses was going to walk back into victory, into a place he once walked in defeat. He's going to go back to Egypt, the place where he had killed somebody, that he had been kicked out, that he was a refugee from, that he was a fugitive from. And God said, I'm going to, I, oh, oh, you think you're just going to hide? You're going to hide, you're going to hide, you're going to hide and feel safe because you've built a safe little world. I've got something. There's the release I'm trying to produce in you. I want to produce in somebody else. So I'm going to take you back into the land where you used to walk in defeat so that you can walk in victory. That's what restoration does. That's what the word of God can do in our life when we actually live this thing out. When we go from being just a believer that we're saved to being a disciple of the Savior. Because he's trying to get us to walk somewhere. I love what Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 30 verse 21. He said, when you're walking with, my, with me, you will hear a voice from behind you say, this is the way to walk. Walk in it. Come on, what an amazing God. He doesn't say to you, figure it out. He doesn't say, I'm going to send you back out into something. And oh, by the way, you got to figure this bad boy out. He said, listen, when you're going, you're going to hear a voice saying, this is the way to go. Walk in it, walk in it, walk in it, walk in it, walk in it. I, I was saying to Dee this week, I feel like I have something stirring in my spirit. I don't know if you can tell that or not, but I, I have something stirring in my spirit for us this morning. And I hope we have open ears to hear this today. Because I, I think we've been shepherding sheep on the backside of the mountain for 40 years in this country. What, what do I mean by that? I, 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 when, at this moment, at the burning bush moment, there were two opportunities. There were two participants that were there. The sheep and the shepherd. There was the sheep and Moses. Both of them had an opportunity to be in the presence of the burning bush. It's an archetype. It's a picture of believers who are sheep and the shepherd who is a deliverer of his disciples. Come on, the sheep must have seen the burning bush. It was right there in front of them. They could have basked in its presence, been there in its glow, enjoyed the heat and the light from it, but they weren't changed by it. They went on after that experience and lived the life that they'd always lived. They maybe had a more productive life. Maybe they ate more, some more good grass. They produced good, will, a good wool. They had little baby sheepy. Come on, somebody. They had had an encounter, but they weren't changed. 
But Moses walked away from that encounter differently. He saw himself differently. He saw his world differently. He went back to Jethro and said, man, I can't stay here any longer. I can't stay in the burning bush. I can't stay in this arrangement. I can't stay in this life anymore. I've got to go back to see if my brothers and sisters are alive. I've got to go back and see if injustice rules over them. I've got to go back and see if the tyranny of oppression of the enemy has broken them so badly that they can't be repaired. I've got to go back because I've been released. And I need to bring release into their life as well. I've got to be a part of their freedom because I've tasted freedom. Something changed inside of Moses, my friends. And for me, for me, the American church, and we've been a part of it for so long. We've been happy being sheep. We've been happy basking in the presence of the burning bush. Enjoying its heat, enjoying its presence. Enjoying our worship services. Making sure that we've had enough to eat, good enough grass. Just so we're producing enough wool, everything's good. We're producing our little sheep here and little sheep there. All the while, our nation, our brothers and sisters need Moses. They need a Moses to rise. Men and women who will hear the voice of God. Who will turn away from the way they used to be. Grab the rod, the power of God. Bring the word of God so that people can be set free. That's what they need. They don't need another good church service. They don't need another uh, 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 worship night. Come on, somebody. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to any of that. But that is the burning bush. Moses walked away from the burning bush to walk back into Egypt. Why? Because there were brothers and sisters facing injustice. There were people who were living under tyranny and the oppression of the enemy. And he said, I've got freedom. And I've got to make sure that they are free as well. He walked back into Egypt. And with power in his voice said, let my people go. He looked at the enemy straight in his face. He spoke truth to power. And I'm not talking about the truth of power that we're talking about in the political world. I'm saying in the supernatural world. He spoke truth to power. And he said, I don't care what you say, Pharaoh. You have had unrestrained access to my friends too long. I'm going to tell you once and for all, let my people go. I get it. We all want a burning bush experience. I get it. We all just want to hang out by the burning bush. I get it. We all want to be like that Hallmark Christmas movie, hang out by the fire. All cozy, all nice. But do you know what? We can't. Because there's a chapter four. God gave Moses a chapter 3 encounter so that he could live out a chapter 4 life because there were too many people living in chapter 2 oppression. We want the Exodus 3. Oh God, I just want to be here basking in your presence. And he said, I can't have you stay here, Moses. Because there's a chapter 4 to live out. Why? Because there's too many of my brothers. There's too many of my sisters. There's too many people who are white and black and Latino and, and, and AAPI. And there's too many Native Americans who are caught in the tyranny and oppression of chapter 2. 
How can I be a sheep basking in this presence? We can't see the injustice of one of our brothers and sisters and be content because we have enough to eat. We can't say if they weren't living in Egypt, it wouldn't be that way for them. It's their fault. They're living in Egypt. We can't say we care about an unborn baby when we are not equally concerned about the person wants to birth out of that womb. Equally concerned. We cannot. Because either life matters or it doesn't. Either life is sacred or it's not. Either love is real or it's just a preference that we have. I can't say any longer. I can't shout and blog and post that Egypt is so messed up. And you know who's to blame? Look at all the people stuck in Egypt. They're to blame. If this just wasn't here, or they just weren't here, or if this would just change. Like Moses, we've got to rise up. We've got to take the word of God and the power of God, and we've got to walk back into our Egypts. And we've got to say to the powers that be, let my people go. Injustice for one is injustice for all. Hate of one is hate of all. Inequality for one is inequality for all. That's the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. When we say, when he says there's no Greek and no Jew, no slave and no free, no woman and no man, when he says that, he's talking about this, that everyone, every life matters. He didn't send a ghost to Egypt. He sent Moses. He released somebody to bring release to others. I love being a believer. But it's disciples that will change the world. I love believing the word of God is true, but it's disciples who follow the word that will change the world. The American church, we've got to stop being sheep. We've got to stop being sheep. Flipping channel to channel to just try to find out who's going to give us better food to eat. A better basking in his presence moment. We need to rise up. Moses left Egypt as a refugee, as a fugitive, but he went back as a force of nature. He ran away because of fear, but rose back up in faith. And he brought change. We have the faith of Jesus Christ, the greatest power in the world. And we are afraid of what? Of what someone may say or think or blog Jesus is the hope of the world. 
It's not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the Greenpeace Party. It's certainly not anybody in Congress. We can't figure out how to get people out. Never mind. The hope of the world is Jesus. The hope of the world is Jesus. Come on. We have a choice. As Connect Church, we've got a choice. We can be the 21st century sheep. Or like Moses, we can pick up the rod of God, carry the word of God, and march back into Egypt and speak to power and let my people go. Do you know what's so amazing to me? What's so amazing to me, babe, is that when he went, Verse 20 says he went back into Egypt and the, his bride went with him. Hey, bride of Christ. When the deliverer went back into Egypt, the bride went with him. The bride didn't stay safely at home. The bride didn't sit in the luxury of the last 40 years. The bride didn't say, let me go to where the burning bush is. I want my experience. The bride said, the deliverer's going, I'm going. Picked up the rod of God. You have the rod of God in your life. You. You have the rod of God. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. That rod was half Moses's and half God's. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember how this became the rod of God? He's having this burning bush encounter. God says, what's that in your hand? He says, this stick. Man, I've had it since I've been shepherding sheep. He says, cool. Lay it down in front of me. Oh, that's a whole different sermon. He lays it down and it becomes a snake. What happens? He runs away. But then he does something powerful. He comes back and he grabs it by the tail and he turns it upside down. Why? Because when we walk in the Holy Spirit, we get to turn things on their head. The power of God is about turning things upside down. We are not trying to get back into something. We are trying to flip the world upside down. The kingdom of God is a juxtaposition. The last shall be first. The, 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 the servant will become the king. That's the beautiful thing. The power of God gives us the ability to flip things on their head. So when he faced the power, do you remember? He walks in and Pharaoh's magicians say, who do you think you are? They throw their staffs down, they become snakes. Moses, in my opinion, laughs because he throws the rod of God down. And it becomes a snake and it eats both of them. Do you know why I believe he could do that? Because he had seen that happen before. See, when God changes something that we used to be afraid of into something we have faith to use, we get victory over our enemies. When God changes something we used to be afraid of into something we have faith to use, we get victory over the enemy. Maybe you've been afraid to be a public speaker. Maybe you've been afraid to tell people at your marketplace about Jesus. Maybe you've been afraid to make sure you safeguard your reputation or, or your persona. Maybe you're afraid of, of what people might say. My friends, when we allow God to deal with the fear inside of us and change it to faith to use it for him, we will have victory over our enemies. 
is a rod of God in your hands. It's the power of the Holy Spirit we've been talking about for weeks now. God didn't send them back without power. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit into your life. Don't leave, he says to the disciples, until I baptize you in the Spirit. Why? Because then you will have power to be my witnesses, and no matter where you go, you can speak to the darkness. Amen. How many of our friends are living in addiction? How many of our friends right now in this pandemic are living in depression, fear, anxiety, how many are living in sickness? You carry the rod of God in your hands. What God has placed in you, he has meant to release out of you into the world around you. We all don't have to do it the same way. Your staff may be look different than my staff, but I'm here to tell you that when we release it and allow God to use it, we have victory over the enemy. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we have TKC, our mobile food truck. Why? Because I want to be a part of the answer of oppression. I don't want to blog about how people can't eat, how bad our government is, what welfare's not doing. I want to be a part of the answer. That's why, why, why we're going to do the marketplace where we can have the middle section rebuilt. Why? We want to be part of the answer. It's why we do missions. We want to be part of the answer. It's why we poured money into children's ministry. Why? Not so that we could have a kids free service. So that they could be raised up and empowered as men and women who will change a generation. It's why we're praying and seeking men and women who will rise up with us and say, man, I've got a passion for youth. I want to see a next generation. My friends like Moses. All of us were once caught in Egypt. And if it was not for the grace of God in our lives, we'd still be there. How dare we get our release? How dare we have our Sunday burning bush moments? And be unwilling to take that release and the power we received in here to those who are still in chapter two oppression. Change in this world will not change at the ballot box. It will change from the church seats. Come be a part of this. Be a part of this. I'm gonna end with this, but I don't even know what my notes say, but they're all. I told you there was something stirring in me because I, I, I had, we, we, we had, we had, we had a chapter, we had, we had a chapter three church. We had a chapter three church. Boy, we could have great services. Boy, we knew how to do atmosphere so well. Boy, we could make you think you were in a nightclub and make the nightclub look like it was shabby. And this was better. It's awesome. But I'm 53. I got my release from that in the pandemic. Because I went to chapter four life. Because in the pandemic, I realized that there's too many people living in the oppression of chapter two. 
And although my theology told me I wasn't okay with it, my reality proved me a liar. My reality proved me a liar. I come to see one living in injustice and be content because I have enough grass to eat. How can I shout at people who would vote to kill a child when I'd be okay with them killing an adult who messed up? God says to Moses this one thing, and it set me free when I read it. He said, Moses, go back to Egypt because everybody who would have killed you is dead. Moses had a law that was against him. He had killed somebody. Moses had people called blood avengers. That's family members who had the right to kill him because they had killed, he had killed one of theirs. God said, everything that was against you is dead. You've got no excuse not to go. Every reason you could give me not to go, I've taken care of. Every reason to stay in the backside of the mountain with your sheep, I've done away with. Now go. Isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? Colossians 2 verse 13 tells me he took all the written code that was against me, all of my sin. He nailed it to the cross so that I'm free. Everything that wanted to kill me killed him instead. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 14 that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from everything that would have killed me so that I could serve the living God with a clean conscience. Hear the voice of God speaking through the corners of time. Everything against you, disciple, is dead. Everything you should be ashamed of. Everything that you should be guilty of. Everything that would keep you in the pew, keep you silent in the back row, keep you being in a seated and not walking it out. Everything that is against you is dead. Please. Please, please, take the step from being a believer to a disciple, please. Don't wait till you're 53, please. Don't wait for a worse pandemic to come, please. Let the fire of this pandemic be something that was a burning bush experience that said, man, I've heard from God and I got to go. I'm going to say it to everyone and anything that tells me that they have more power over me. Let my people go. When sickness speaks, let my people go. When doubt begins to rise up, when shame tells you you're not worthy, let my people go. When everyone tells you don't talk about politics or religion when you're with people. You speak to that lying spirit and say, let my people go. Because I got the only message. You don't have just one of the messages. You've got the only message that can save people's lives. You've got the only message that can get them out from the oppression of Pharaoh. The only message. Will you please... Come to this chapter.
chapter 4 life. You don't have to have it all figured out today. Moses didn't. Because he had that voice that said, walk in this way. This is the way to walk. Walk in it. Everything against you is dead. Let me go, God. And not away from something, but into something. What once defeated me, now I'm going to walk back in victory. We're just going to pray. didn't just invite you into heaven it invited you to be a part of bringing heaven to this world the great news is that you will never be good enough for God you'll never be good enough to earn heaven but you don't have to be good enough because heaven is not based on your goodness it's based on Jesus' goodness for you he is good enough he died so that you and I can live so that we could be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria Cherry Hill, Mount Laurel, Mullica Hill, Philadelphia, Mainline, Princeton, Palmyra, Collinswood, Mullica Hill, today before we go any further, I want to invite you, if you've never actually Giving your life to Jesus. That's where this whole thing begins. Moses had to say yes to the burning bush before he could start being released from the Jethro's in his life. The good news is the Bible says if I just confess Jesus as Lord and Savior today with my mouth and believe in my heart what he did is enough that I'll be saved. So before we go any further in the service today, if you're here today and you just say, man, that's what I want. I want a relationship with a living God that can change me and shape me. We just pray this prayer with me. We're all going to pray it together. But if that's you, pray it from the bottom of your heart. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you all of my life. I'm holding not one thing back. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. To forgive me, to cleanse me, to set me free, to fill me with your spirit, to bring release in my life so that I may bring release to others. As I bring them your good news and live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Can we give God some glory?
Jesus. Holy Spirit, come.
they've not been able to have a voice in for you, I pray, God, that even as you make a way for that, you would also bring a healing to that where the memory banks try to speak louder than you. I just, I just want to take like 60 seconds to just let people ask that of themselves for themselves to God right now. Katrina is another 
hurricane heads towards our brothers and sisters in New Orleans. We pray. I just got off a message talking yesterday to Mission of Hope in Haiti. The devastation in that country is unspeakable. And yet, and yet it's the church. Listen to me. This is so cool. It's the church that the government has come to to be the frontline responders to this emergency. Because that's how it should be. And that's what your giving does. When we have these moments in service where we give offering, it's not just so we can keep lights on and air conditioned and nice seats keep the stage rotating so we can make a difference the Bible says bring in the whole tithe into the storehouse so that my community when they're in need will have will be able to respond after the hurricane I mean after the earthquake last week we were able to buy a generator for one of the hospitals in Haiti because you give so thank you for giving and I'm going to encourage you to keep giving. Because it's just a natural response of worship. Just like being released and offering release to others is a natural response. So is freely I receive, freely I give. These are those moments. There's lots of ways you can give. There are these envelopes there. You can fill them out, put them in those nice little kiosks. We're not passing around buckets any longer or for lots of reasons. But I'm going to encourage you when you drop it in there, drop it in with faith. Drop it in with faith. Just say, God, this is an offering to you. I love you. We're going to believe it's going to touch people. You can give on your phones or a link tree. While you're at link tree, I want to really encourage you on the link tree app. You can sign up to serve at TKC. You can say, I don't know how to cook. That's all right. We've got people who can cook. Do you know how to smile? Can you pick up a three-pound box and put it in someone's trunk? Can you wave at somebody when they drive in? This week we were out there on a Thursday. It was nine bazillion degrees. <laughs> Come on, if you were outside this week, you know why you don't want to go to hell. Come on, somebody, right? It's true. The lady drive up. She was crying. She said, I'm going to stop and say thank you because you're feeding four autistic children today. Grandma pull up. Thank you, because I didn't have food for my grandkids today. Watching dads pull up. Be willing to be brave enough to open their trunk to receive a box. Yeah. I promise you, your life will be more changed than the lives of the people you give it to. been released, release somebody. Be a part of this. Sign up for Forged, men's discipleship groups. Sign up for Shoulder to Shoulder once a week. Get in a group of people that are going to challenge you to live this thing out. You can go on Linktree and find all those things. Don't just come to a chapter 3 church. Don't just so bask in a chapter three experience. Live a chapter four life. Will you just stand with me? Let me pray over you.
My king is worthy today. We started off the service saying, King of glory, you're worthy. He remains worthy. And I know my king sees things I don't. He knows things I'll never know. He understands the mysteries of the ins and the outs of circumstance and situation better than any man or woman ever could. But today I want to I want to get in the middle of his will. I want to pray over you those words that he spoke that Moses that he spoke to Moses and Moses spoke to Pharaoh. I want to speak them today over your life. That whatever darkness, whatever dark power, whatever shame, whatever guilt, whatever sickness, whatever lie has manifested power over you for so long and kept you enslaved, I'm going to pray this right now over you. Let my people go. I'm speaking to the dark powers. I'm speaking to the negative thought. I'm speaking to the, the wrong agreement that you've made in your heart and with your soul. Let my people Go. I'm speaking right now to that, that depressive, uh, depressed mindset. Let my people go. I'm speaking to fear today and saying, let my people go. I'm speaking to bigotry and hatred and I'm saying, let my people go. I'm speaking to complacency and apathy and I'm saying, let my people go. I'm speaking today to the thoughts of injustice and hatred. Let my people go. There have been things in there have been things in people's lives in this room today that have made you believe you have been a slave to them for decades. Those secret sins, those hidden things, those things that say if people knew, I'm going to speak to that right now. I'm speaking to that right now. You are a lie straight from the pit of hell. The Bible says, if I bring it into the light, the light shall set me free. If I know the truth, the truth will set me free. I am not a slave to sin. I am a slave to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let my people go. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Jesus, in your name. My friends, listen to me. If you are here today and you believe that there are things inside of you that the Holy Spirit just set free, that there are things that are falling off of you right now, like Paul, I see it. I see it in my spirit. The Bible says that when Paul got prayed for, when Ananias came and laid his hands on Paul, Things like scales fell off of his eyes and he could now see. I believe I see it even now. There are scales falling off of the eyes of your heart, off the eyes of your spirit right now. If that is you, just shout to God. Just say, yes, Lord. Come on, give God some praise for your breakthrough, for someone's breakthrough in this house. There is freedom in this house. Let your kingdom come, Daddy. Let your will be done. In our lives and on this earth, in this church, in our marketplace, in our families, and in our world as it is in heaven. And we give you the glory for now and forevermore. 
In Jesus' name, and together we say amen and amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hey, church. We love you. Thank you for letting us be honest today with you. If you really want to know what Connect Church is, you heard it today. If you want to know what D and I are about, we're not perfect and we mess up all the time. But what you heard was the heartbeat of your pastors today. I don't want to just be free. I want to be a part of someone else's freedom. Freely I have received. Come on, church. Freely I'm going to give. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you this week. Keep living this life for Jesus.